I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God. Thou our rock, excuse me, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was eight or nine years old, I celebrated my birthday at an ice skating rink. We didn't have the whole rink rented out, but the rink had a practice of, if it was someone's birthday, they would call the person's name, they'd come out to the center of the ice skating rink, they'd sing happy birthday to them, and then that person's friends would all come out to the center as well, and they'd all have one song that just the birthday person and their friends could skate along to. It's a really nice thing to do. Sounds great, right? Except, except that I'm kind of a klutz. And on the way skating out to the center, I didn't make it to the center, I fell. (laughs) Birthday girl goes boom. I pulled up my bruised knees and my bruised ego and dragged myself to the center. They called, you know, they called my name, all of this. And then it was time for my friends to come out. And there was a pause. This moment of silence. And I thought, oh, are they not going to come out to the center with me? After the pause, I'm happy to say they did skate out and join me, and the song played, and we all got to skate together. But before that, there was a pause. I did understand where it came from. Who wants to be the one who skates out in the middle with the klutzy birthday girl? It'd be much safer to just stay where you are, out around the edges of the rink. I don't know this person. I've never seen her before in my life. Be one of the cool kids. Who wants to be one of the ones in the center with the birthday girl who fell? You understand what that impulse is, but I'm awfully glad they resisted it. We know what it's like to feel like the kid who fell in the ice skating rink, who feels like you wonder if anyone's going to come out and be with you. It is a chronic problem in our human condition to have times of feeling very alone in the world. And we know those times when we mess up and people pull away from us, or we go through a hard time and people pull away from us. Maybe we are making a presentation in school or at work and we don't do such a great job, and suddenly all those coworkers that you thought were their friends or other students in your class you thought were your friends suddenly look down. They, no one's looking at you and smiling at you and rooting on. They, they act like they've never seen you in their lives. Or you think about those times that you're in a group and people are making jokes or telling stories and They're joking about something really current and you have no idea what they're talking about. And everyone laughs and you don't get the joke. And people start mocking you like, don't you know about this? Come on, who doesn't know about that? You feel alone. Or maybe something's going on in your family life that's really difficult and people know about it but they don't know how to be around you and so you find that they tend to kind of stay away from you or hang back. Or maybe you've tried really hard to save your marriage, but you've gone through a divorce, and suddenly after the divorce, people treat you like divorce is contagious. (laughs) They don't want to be around you because maybe their marriage will be in trouble, and it makes you feel even more alone. So many things can happen in our lives that make us feel alone in this life. 
And then we come into the Advent and Christmas season, and for some of us, that makes it even worse because we're bombarded with all these images of happy families and happy friends and all these people together, and we may be in those situations and still feel a little alone, or we may have no one to celebrate and feel alone in the world. And so it is especially precious to spend this time soaking in the scriptures of the Christmas season and to realize it's a story about how God enters human history, enters in the midst of a mess, because this is a story of mess after mess, and God says, I love these people, and I want to be with them. The story starts before where we began reading, and the story of the priest Zechariah, whose turn it was to go and serve in the temple in Jerusalem. And while he was serving in the inmost space, he received a visit from an angel who told him that his wife Elizabeth would become pregnant and would bear a son. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth had tried to have children. Elizabeth hadn't been able to. She was considered barren, and that was a matter of great shame, uh, women then and sometimes now receive kind of honor from having children. So Elizabeth was barren. It was past time for any hope for them. So when the angel announced that Elizabeth would become pregnant, Zechariah didn't believe it. And the angel was not too pleased about that and struck him dumb. Zechariah did not speak for Elizabeth's entire pregnancy. This might have been a good thing, but when the child was born and it came time to raise him, to name him, the cultural expectation was that he would receive his father's name, Zechariah. And as they were asking who the name would be child, suddenly Zechariah, his, his muteness was removed and he said, no, we will name him John. This was John who would become John the Baptist, the one to go before Jesus. But what a mess, what a shocking miracle in which John was born. And then we have the other miraculous pregnancy of Mary, who's engaged but not yet married. And she conceives a child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is such a trooper, he hangs in with her despite this miraculous pregnancy. And they travel because it was time for the census from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, and that would have been crazy uncomfortable at, say, eight months pregnant. All of this story of how the Messiah came to be born is a story of mess and discomfort and sometimes a story of shame. And God chose that set of circumstances and that set of people in whom and with whom to be born. What a powerful witness of God's love for us, no matter what. What a grace it is to know that God wants to be with us in this way. Sam Wells is uh, currently the vicar of St. Martin in the Fields in London. He's an Anglican priest. But uh, before that, he served as the dean of the chapel at Duke Divinity School in Durham, North Carolina. While he was at Duke, he preached a sermon on Christmas Eve, and he invited people to think about what was the most important word in the Bible. So we're going to give you a chance. What do you think might be the most important word in the Bible? Love? What else? Hope? Forgiveness? 
love, hope, forgiveness, great words. If uh, we had the children here for children's message, you know they would say, God, Jesus, <laughs> any of those. Great example of the most important word in the Bible. But Sam Wells argues that there's a different word that's the most important word in the Bible, and that word is with. With. That the story of the Bible is the story of God's love for human creation and God's desire to be with those people. We hear about God's desire to be with us in, the, in Matthew's story of how Jesus came to be born. And he said that although Jesus will be called, he will be named Jesus, he'll also be called Emmanuel, God with us. In a few moments, we'll hear uh, the gospel according to John, and we'll hear about God who was, the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing came into being without the word. God wanted to be with us. This is who our God is. And yet, we know God's desire to be with us and our invitation to be with one another. And yet, we live in a time in which our culture pulls us apart. We live in a time of such terrible polarization in which People go off into their tribes and factions with the assumption that people who don't look like them or speak like them or think like them would have nothing to say to them, nothing to offer. We are so pulled apart. We seem to be the opposite of with so much of the time in our American culture today. And yet there are these times that the Holy Spirit breaks through and the forces of togetherness and caring have the final say. I heard a wonderful story through the StoryCorps program about two people who met in a very unexpected way. Amina Amdeen is a young woman who is Muslim. She was raised in Iraq, but her family moved here to the United States when she was 10. She was attending University of Texas at Austin in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected president, and she opposed that election. So after the election had taken place, she was part of a rally that opposed the election of Donald Trump. And she was wearing her head hijab, her Muslim headscarf, and holding a poster with her beliefs. Opposite her was a man who was wearing, he was a counter-protester. He was there with a poster showing that he supported Trump for president, and he was wearing a hat that said, Make America Great Again. As she was noticing him across the way, she saw that there were some people gathered around him, and they seemed to be hassling him. She couldn't quite see what was going on. She learned later that this man's name was Joseph Widenecht, and the people that were around him were actually threatening to set his clothes on fire. They were flicking lighters around him as if they would burn him. And Joseph was really scared. Amina didn't know that that's what was going on around him, but she noticed these people kind of hassling him, and then one of them grabbed his hat and started to run away with it, and she snapped. She ran after them and yelled at them, give him his hat back. And Joseph's wondering, who's this woman who came running after him? And she and he sat down together later, and she said, she knew what it was like to have people mess with what you wear on your head. 
She knew what it was like for people to try to harass you and bother you for what you believed, and she just couldn't take it. What an amazing moment. They sat down and got to know one another and shared their backgrounds. She shared about how when she was 10 and came from Iraq, she was the only girl in her school who wore hijab, and she remembered being in middle school and other kids teasing her and just how hard it was. Joseph told about how he'd been homeschooled, and he'd tried public school for one year, but in that one year, he got beaten up three different times. So his mom kept him home again. And he talked about how he supported Donald Trump and, and shared that, but after the election, so many people were horrid to him about that, and he felt really lonely. The two of them found a meeting place, an unexpected one, in knowing what it's like to be harassed for what you believe, trying to connect, to be with one another in an unexpected setting. Or another example of being with comes from Trey Hall, who is co-founder along with Chris Kuhn of Urban Village Church, a new church start in Chicago. Trey tells about the experience of one of his congregants, I think this happened in Chicago, who'd been riding a bicycle and was hit by a car. She was very severely injured, and for a time, she was lying uh, in the street and uh, injured from the accident. Someone had called 911, but the emergency personnel hadn't come yet. And while she was lying on the street and injured and bloody and frightened, a crowd of people gathered around her, but they all looked down at her. And so there were people around her in the street, and they're all staring at her, and it was horrible. She told Trey about how she wished that just one of them would have gotten down on the street with her, just been next to her and spoken softly to her and kept her company until the personnel came. But no one did. She was surrounded by people and she felt so alone. And Trey said, this is the God we worship. We worship Emmanuel, a God who gets down into the street with us, who gets down into the dirt and the blood and the mud and speaks softly to us and offers comfort in those times when we feel alone and hurt and frightened. This is the God we know and we love in Jesus. Brothers and sisters, in this Christmas season, may we hear the good news of Emmanuel, God with us. May we know that we cannot be too klutzy, too sinful, too addicted, too uh, struggling, too whatever. There is no condition we can be in that God would draw away from us. Instead, God chooses to be with us, to hold us close, to heal us, to free us, to save us, and to offer us new life. May we receive the gift of God with us. And having been healed and freed in that way, may we offer that gift to others so that they might know witness God's love and care. Amen.